freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 269 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. A happy new year to everyone. We're excited to be back from uh, our hiatus that we took over the long holiday season. And uh, we are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd our guests are first of all our theme is new year new challenges Mm -hmm. and our guest today is jeff knox jeff is a director of the firearms coalition he is a second generation rights activist following the footsteps of his father gun rights legend neil knox and when i hear that name there should be cheering going on. He spent 40 years in the trenches of the gun rights battle. Jeff is a regular columnist and contributor to a variety of print and online publications. He, along with his brother Chris, maintained firearmscoalition.org. Absolutely. Welcome to the show. Welcome Welcome back to the show, Jeff. Always my pleasure, Cheryl. Danny, it's good to be with you. Yeah, this is uh, a very interesting time we find ourselves in uh, our American history and you know there's a saying out there that uh, you know may you live in interesting times some people say it's a blessing but a lot of people say it's actually a curse so we're Mm. we're trying to figure that out ourselves no it's a it's it's not just interesting times it's scary times the the things that are going on right now the division in the country it's it's a scary time and um it's it's interesting that the deep divides are based on one side pointing at the other and saying you're being divisive you're being divisive um and uh, you know i i recently heard someone comment that they had uh, uh, heard a comment from a a what's his name, Pennsylvania um, Senator um, Toomey. I think it was Toomey that that said that nobody ever comes to me not wanting something. They always want the government to give them something. And I said, well, he's talked to gun guys because we don't want anything. We want you to leave us alone. Mm -hmm. Respect the Second Amendment and leave us alone. And we are the only um, lobbying group out there that that's that's what we want we we just want government to leave us alone and um quit blaming us for what other people do but but there are three or four issues in the united states that people have decided are are lines in the sand that no one shall cross and uh, gun rights is one of those um, then you've, of course, got uh, the abortion issue and immigration and foreign wars and things of that nature. And, of course, economics. Um, should we spend a whole bunch of money of other people's money or should we let people keep their own money and, and spend it as they see fit? And those, they seem kind of just maybe not shouldn't be such huge issues, but they are. They People have decided that absolutely this is where I'm drawing the line in the sand. And now we've got active government and Silicon Valley uh, censorship of anything and everything that isn't part of their agenda. And it's, it's criminal, it's a shame, and it's a, a serious problem. And I'm, I'm, very worried, disheartened, frustrated um, 
but uh, not quite packing up the kit bag and, and heading out to, to muster yet. But uh, goodness, it is a mess. It is, Jeff. You know, we were told when all the, when I was a kid, we were told, you know, if you want to make changes, you vote mm -hmm. and you talk to your congressman. It was mm -hmm. pounded in me. Your dad pounded in people. Everybody pounded in everybody that we are a voice. We need to go to our, uh, the politicians and tell them where we stand and we also need to vote. And it's scary now because there are people out there in this world that don't believe that our voting is 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 accurate as it used to be. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and this is the go ahead. I'm sorry. And and they're also, yeah, you know, they're they're doing everything they can to talk to the politicians, and the politicians don't seem to be listening to us. Right. Absolutely. And, and the the thing about the vote, um, it it frustrates me. My side. I'm along with being a gun rights activist, I'm a conservative Republican um, and have been my whole life. Um, it, the um, the focus should have been all through the last couple of years, the focus should have been election integrity. We have to be sure that the American people can trust their election, that they feel comfortable with the election, that they that they understand that the that the process is good and solid. I I saw who is that idiot on HBO um, with last week's news tonight. Uh, anyway, the the British guy who's so smarmy and and smart alecky, and he did in November of 2019 a review of election uh, risks, the fraud that, that uh, is potentially there, and actually even pointed out Georgia specifically that they use this type of machine, that, they're, that a major flaw and vulnerability in this particular type of machine was detected by some professor and a patch was sent out and Georgia had never bothered to implement the patch to fix their software and make it uh, more resistant to to uh, vulnerability, tampering, whatever. This, and we have to keep on this right now because uh, somewhere close to half of the U.S. population believes that there was serious chicanery in this this last election. And when you have close to half of the people believing that their vote isn't counting, didn't count, um, that's a serious, serious problem. And everyone on both sides should be saying this is something that we need to address. We need to prove. We need to prove that this election was fair and, and correct and that people's votes weren't stolen. But instead the the democrats have declared that everything is perfectly fine this was the most secure election in history and we're not going to look back at it we're not going to audit anything we're not going to verify anything we're just going to move forward from here and i personally have a serious problem with that and unfortunately too many people on our side who have a serious problem with that uh, have decided that that you know it's time to to start the next revolution, the next civil war. Um, that's foolish. That's that's a huge mistake, and the storming of the Capitol building is an example of what I've been saying for over a decade. That if we misbehave in any way whatsoever, it's going to backlash on us and our movement terribly, and it's going to set us back years every time that there's any sort of, of uh, thing like that. And, and we saw it so clearly with this storming of the Capitol building, uh, how we're being punished for that. I, I think you're speaking an awful lot of truth there, Jeff, and it is... Um... It is a frustrating thing that, you know, we saw all summer long so much bad behavior all mm -hmm. across the nation. S people burning down, you know, individual businesses and, and buildings and attacking police cars and all that sort of thing. Shooting and, security guards, shooting people who were standing in front of buildings uh, trying yes. to protect them. 
yes. murdering. So I, I think there was something like, um, oh, I forget the number, uh, over a dozen people murdered mm -hmm. uh, in the process of, of these mostly peaceful protests over the summer. Yes. And then, you know, there's quote after quote of, of high profile elected officials that are actually saying, yes, there should be more of this going on um, on the left side of the political left side. And so, um, you know, then, as you say, for some reason, if there's any impropriety of any kind, any misbehavior or even the appearance of misbehavior on the side of the political right, it, the treatment of it, the narrative of it is so very, very different. And I mean, you and I both uh, probably ascribe to, you know, those with whom much has been given, you know, much responsibility is expected. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a bad paraphrase, but I think that's probably why um, it's somewhat different. But um, I've tried to maybe not in, in the most eloquent of terms, um, tried to draw a line um, very carefully because we don't still, even today, what we're sitting in the studio on January 11th of 2021, we still today don't really even know exactly what happened at the Capitol, who did what, who the, the bad actors were, um, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And people are feeling a lot about it they're they're thinking less than what they're feeling and so i'm trying to draw this line as carefully as i can that when someone for example misuses a firearm and they disrespect human life and they go out there and they do horrible things there seems to be this this rush for everyone to agree that not only was that bad and wrong, but everyone who is in any way associated, a gun owner of any kind, someone who owns a gun store, someone who supports the Second Amendment, that they're all somehow culpable and their behavior is um, likened to that. Now we have this situation at the Capitol and there were bad actors. There were horrible things that took place, but for there to be this rush that we all have to agree that if you were even in the Capitol that day, much less inside the building and doing wrong things, somehow we're supposed to all agree that that is the same. Everyone mm -hmm. there had the exact same motivation and is responsible mm -hmm. for any of the bad behavior. And that I cannot participate in. And we, we spend all this time and energy trying to, to separate out in the firearms community individual behavior should be held individually accountable and responsible and so i i do expound on that into other areas <coughs> and it's like we can't even say uh i'm gonna run to the store for some milk and eggs without first having declared what happened at the capitol i condemn completely you know it's like we've gone <laughs> completely over the top and we can't even put a paragraph together without prefacing it with how we feel about the worst of the things that happened at the Capitol. Anyway, that mm -hmm. was a, a long diatribe. I apologize for taking so long to get to that. <laughs> but it, it, it's just frustrating for those of us like you and, and us who are trying to help people unpack and make sense of the stuff that's being shoved down our throats through the, the mm -hmm. vast majority of the media. Well, Cheryl, for, for well over a decade, I've been running the Firearms Coalition since my father died in 2005. So um, what is that, 15, 16 years? Um, and we're actually coming up on the anniversary of his, his passing. I, I noticed over at guncalendars.com, um, just a, a shocking reminder, you know, that that while we're just a week away from from that anniversary, but um, in in the time that I've been writing about Second Amendment issues and and writing about this, there's always been a theme when I write about politics, direct politics, about electing people who will represent us or blocking people who are are direct enemies to the Second Amendment. 
there's always someone down in the comments saying the time for voting is over. We need to take action. It's time to, you know, to get out there and, and go with our guns and straighten these guys out. Mm -hmm. And for crying out loud, people, um, I, I got in a huge argument with Mike Vanderboog. We had a, um, a, a running battle for almost a year long because I wrote an article about the fallacy of the the next revolution and the people who were pushing it and mike who was the founder of the uh, the three percent movement and uh was uh, not a nice man um uh, we ended up on good terms mike and i got along fine uh, but he was very abrupt and and very rough and it turned out that we were both saying pretty much the same thing. We were saying it in slightly different ways. He was saying no Fort Sumters. You know, we can't fire the first shot. We have to stand back, keep your powder dry and hold back. And I'm saying, look, if, if you guys are more interested in, in stockpiling ammo than you are in stockpiling votes, then you're part of the problem. You, if, if you're not willing to go out and vote and get your friends, your family out voting, if you're not willing to do the work required to elect people that aren't going to be attacking us, then you're going to be attacked and you're, you're helping to foment the revolution and you have no idea what comes next. You have no idea these guys who, who want to start the boogaloo have have no plan whatsoever for the next step. It's okay, we go blow something up, we go shoot somebody, we we line up on the the Boston Common and and let the British soldiers shoot some of us. What then what? Then what? And it's like the people who stormed the Capitol. Then what? You okay, we raced in and destroyed the public property, destroyed historical stuff, hurt people, killed uh, at least one DC uh, police officer, uh, Capitol policeman. And I, I find it interesting that the media has been quick to name several of the people that were involved in other aspects of the, the problems that day. But the person who supposedly hit the police officer with a, a fire extinguisher um, hasn't been named. Nobody has come up with any video or or a, a name for that person or a history for that person. I, I hope and pray that it wasn't one of ours. I hope and pray that it, it wasn't someone who just got carried away and, and was was one of the the instigators from the other was playing no was happening but we can't blame everything that happened there on people from the other side playing in our sandbox pretending to be our our people no these were hardcore trump supporters who got carried away and um whether they were led away by you know i i personally i don't care what kind of baseball cap and and uh, flag a, the the punk kid next to me is waving. I'm not following him into the fire, um, and these people did. Whether they they led it or they followed or whatever they did, they did it. It was a mistake, and we're feeling the repercussions now. Of course, um, the things going on this summer those were mostly protests, and if you caught a mob or a riot, um, you were racist. Um, and no, it had no impact on COVID whatsoever. They're that silly. Uh, you people are just crazy. But of course, this was a mob engaging in a riot in D.C. Um, all of the, the tens of thousands of people who were there are part of the mob. And um, they, uh, everyone is painted with that same brush now in the media because that's the way the media works now. And it's... Uh, it's criminal and they they keep pushing and you are going to get the outer fringes are are going to engage and i'm very worried about that because um just makes our job so much harder 
when someone out on our flank is is you know blowing off cannons and we have to uh to fight our political battles through their smoke and that's that's a huge problem you know i've, I've been watching these riots that we've been seeing all year long and you, you look at a person or there's usually a group of three or four people that are breaking in the windows and going in the stores and then the others follow they had no intentions of going into those stores but it's a mob mentality they follow them in there and some of the things that confused me about this capital thing because if i could have been at the capital i would have been there i mm -hmm. wouldn't have walked into the building i would not have trespassed but i would have been a voice for the second amendment community and mm -hmm. it's very uh, saddened to me that we see what happened but I question it because right at the time that um, um, they were Cruz going to debate, going to debate the Arizona, Arizona, what we actually had been waiting for and wanting at that moment, that's that when it gets disrupted. Particular moment, it then just they seems it. odd mm -hmm. to me. And, and to me, that we have seen in the past where people were paid to cause problems at these at these uh, petition, or, you know, people writing or whatever, not writing with their uh, having a, a group, what do they call it? The mostly peaceful protest. Mostly peaceful protest, <laughs> and um, th they paid them to to be uh, to be violent. obnoxious, to cause right. trouble, to and to be troublemakers. Yeah. For the timing of this and everything else, I can't think that. Yes, I agree that people shouldn't have followed them in the building, but I, mm -hmm. I, first of all, there was nobody in the Second Amendment community that was high profile that was caught going through those doors that we know of that yeah. we know of. so far we don't we don't know right. and i i honestly think that people were paid to disrupt that. and it's possible but again what are we about we are about right. individual liberties and so therefore we are about individual responsibility there are so, thousands of people oh, that I, did not go into the capitol exactly. you saw them out in the street tens of thousands yeah. and Thank who were didn't. who were calling calling for these people to stop they they were they were saying we're not antifa don't behave that way this isn't us stop him stop that yes. don't do that a guy tackled a guy who was breaking windows yes. you know and and pulled him away and the crowd cheered and you don't see any of that in mainstream media at all and um, that's intentional and this is where the real problem lies is that that is intentional my father used to be a newspaper man uh, down in texas and uh, he was an investigative reporter and uh, one of the unwritten rules for his newspaper, and, and this is in the early 60s, and one of the unwritten rules for his newspaper was a black man does not appear, a photograph of a black man does not appear in my newspaper unless he's in handcuffs. Wow. And that's the exact that is on right now. A conservative does not appear on the media um, in in, to, in today's media, unless they are behaving badly, unless there's something that you can say, oh, that's that's wrong, that's bad, and that's that's uh, that's what we've got going on. Uh, they are selective in what they're presenting. They're only presenting the bad. And they're they're in some cases generating the bad, um, but uh, or exacerbating it, making it look worse than it really and painting everyone with that brush and if there's good you can't show that because that that would would disagree with their narrative and and you can't have that so that's where we are right now and it's a shame it is um so our episode today is called new year new challenges clearly we have some challenges that we've just been talking about how do we move forward from all of this stuff that just happened but specifically um, assuming that uh, on January 20th, just a few days from right now, the, uh, that Biden-Harris, or is it Harris-Biden? They can't seem <laughs> to decide that. Uh, it's on the way. Will be um, inaugurated. And along with them, they have already written a whole bunch of stuff that they want to introduce into law that will impact our individual liberties. Um, I pulled up a quick screenshot that our friend Beth Alcazar of Pacifiers and Peacemakers posted up. Um, 
HR 121, they're hiring 200 additional ATF agents. Mm -hmm. Now that all by itself, that may not be a bad thing, right? Sometimes we get frustrated at how long it takes them to process things. So perhaps that's not horrible. HR 125 to amend Title 18 uh, to provide the seven day waiting period before uh, semi-automatic firearms, armor piercing ammunition, large, large capacity ammunition magazine whatever that is, because their large is probably our standard, right? Is it a venti? Is it a, you know, a small, what is it? Um, the HR 127 to provide for licensing of firearm and ammunition possession and the registration of firearms and to prohibit the possession of certain ammunition. And then HR 130 requires safe, store, require safe storage of firearms and ammunition and require investigation of reports of improper storage of firearms and ammunition and HR 167 to prohibit the transfer of a firearm at a gun show by a person who is not a federally licensed firearm dealer. So these are, this is just a quick little, you know, a little mm -hmm. snack, a little handful. Um, and this and is in fairness, in fairness, Cheryl, all of these or most of them have been introduced before. Um, they're, they're not new. Uh, this is coming from Bobby Rush and Sheila Jack Lee. Um, and they're the usual suspects, the, the usual nonsense that they spout. Um, the difference this year is that Democrats control the House, Democrats control the Senate, Democrats control the White House or will soon. And that's, that's very concerning and problematic. But realistically, Unless they are able to convince Joe Manchin and possibly a couple of the, the other Democrats um, to go along with um, uh, the nuclear option in destroying the filibuster completely in the Senate, then they're not going to be able to pass most any of this stuff. So everyone write a letter to Joe Manchin of West Virginia and tell him to stick by his guns and um, stand up for the Senate and stand up for the people um, and, and insist that uh, the rules continue as they are so that these really controversial issues into requiring 60 votes to be passed instead of 50 votes plus Kamala Harris. Um, it's racist of me not to be able to pronounce her name correctly even though I have a niece named Kamala that I've been saying for <laughs> 30 years. And so now it's wrong. I have to change it. But uh, at any rate, that's the thing is that if they if they can get Manchin to to give in, then what they'll do is they'll do away with the filibuster. They will um, then shove through uh, making the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico states uh, which will mean four new Democrat senators because District of Columbia and Puerto Rico are both hardcore Democrat districts areas. Uh, and we would never see a Republican come out of either one of those places. And um, the um, the judiciary would be packed up the, and, and all of that. But all of that depends on the like mansion standing firm on the historical significance of the Senate and the historical rules of the Senate. And we'll see what what happens from our side of it. I think that we we should, in response, be loading them up with um, serious reform legislation, uh, repeal of the GCA, repeal of the NA, um, an omnibus Second Amendment Restoration Act that incorporates the Hearing Protection Act, the um, National Reciprocity Bill um, uh, addresses things like access to wilderness areas um, and uh, uh, you know access to hunting grounds, um, protects fisheries. Um, all of these things we need to be pushing aggressively even if we know that we can't pass them, that that they have to spend time and money and effort in defending against them 
uh, rather than just having free reign to throw whatever they want at our wall and see what they can make stick. Um, I think that probably the biggest risk we're facing right now is is uh, going to be on immigration, and um, that uh, because Republicans are likely to fold on the immigration issue, and uh, that's a big problem. Um, but most importantly is that uh, we're going to see executive orders that be um, is going to come out of their hole in a big way. And we're going to see 80% uh, receivers and we're going to see um, uh, braces, uh, pistol braces, suddenly declared to be illegal somehow, some way, and be contraband and be confiscated. And it's, it's going to lead to, we have to save lives, so we're going to go kill people to take away their property that they have lawfully and peacefully owned for years. And, and that's, what, that's what we're about to see. And when that starts happening, people will kill them back and it will be a shame and it will be terrible. And I don't know how to stop it. Um, like I said in the opening, we just want people to leave us alone. And a lot of our people are willing to stand firm and shoot back if they won't leave us alone. And that's, that's, that's where we're heading. And I don't see a way to avoid it. I, I, I'm going to continue trying. I'm going to continue working to, to get political resolution these, these issues. But um, uh, I, we are in a very scary time. Well, I, I want to address this a little bit. The, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are terrified out there. There's a lot mm -hmm. of people that are gun owners that are absolutely terrified. Now they say, okay, the Senate and the House is overwhelmed by Democrats. We're in trouble. And I, I kind of look deeper than that to try to really understand what's going on. And first of all, it takes a long time to change laws. And it takes a majority, which there's many Democrats now that are gun owners. That, mm -hmm. uh, And I'm encouraged with the amount of uneducated as far as politically that have bought guns in the last five or six months. Mm -hmm. In other words, they, they don't care about politics. They just wanted to come to buy a gun. Mm -hmm. And when they bought the gun, they realized that there are, there are uh, obstacles that they have to overcome because of laws. Oh, come and on. These, it's easier than buying a book. Oh, sure. It is. <laughs> so these people are, no. are going, well, wait, I didn't know that. And we say, well, you know, you've got to talk to your politicians. They're the ones that made these changes. And, hopefully jeff we can get to those people they're mostly democrats mm -hmm. that didn't care about guns so they didn't bother them but now they own a gun and some of them as you know once you fire a firearm you fall in love with it and then all of a sudden you have 10 and then 20 <laughs> and so we may be able to get some of the democrat thinking to be more about guns than what it was three years ago i would hope so but one of the things is that that people you know they come in and they buy their their glock 19 from azfirearms.com and um they uh they say yeah this is this is a great gun i enjoy shooting it uh, it's uh, i have to do all of these hoops um well in california you couldn't buy this gen 5 because you can't <laughs> buy one in california it's not on their safe gun roster right. you can't buy this version because it's two-tone and they didn't spend the money to get it certified uh, you can't uh, have this magazine that standard capacity magazine in these states because they hold too many bullets um, these people will say you know, well, no, I just want a pistol to protect my family and and it's they should ban assault weapons well, sorry, uh, according to them, that is an assault weapon. What you're holding in your hand, the pistol that you're holding in your hand is an assault weapon, according to the people who are trying to pass these laws right. and according to California and according to New Jersey and New York. Um, so this is what they don't understand. And this is one of the critical things that that um, a drum that I've been for for a long time and Thank you for having uh, Dad's book right there up front. 
because history is really important. Mm -hmm. People understanding the history of the gun rights movement, the history of where we've been and what we've done. There's a reason why we can't be reasonable and won't be reasonable and, and go along with their common sense uh, uh, BS. We've been there, we've done that, we've, we've got the bruises to prove it. Um, we tried to play ball in their court the way they wanted to. We went along with a bunch of restrictions and regulations. And instead of going after bad guys with guns, they came after us. Yeah. And that's what they did in, in 1934. That's what they did in 1968. And um, that's what they continue to do now. They vilify us. They come after us because we're easier targets than bad guys. Mm -hmm. First, there aren't as many bad guys in the pond. There's mm -hmm. only a few that are doing 90% of what's going on that's bad out there with guns. And um, finding them, they, they hide. They, they don't want to be seen or caught or found. And so... Um, it's it's difficult. It's much easier to find someone who who put AZ instead of Arizona mm -hmm. on their their uh, form forty four seventy three, or Y and N instead of yes and no on the forty four seventy three, and put them in jail. Oh, that's mm -hmm. that's much easier, uh, mm -hmm. you know. And actually, the the inspector general for uh, the the DOJ. Um, caused a lot of these problems because uh, employees at AATF complained that there wasn't uh, objective criteria for their promotions and, and so forth. And so G looked at it and said, oh yeah, you're absolutely right. There has to be objective criteria. Promotions should be based on time and service, time and grade, and number of prosecutions and successful prosecutions and basically the number of tickets that you write. Mm -hmm. If you tell a cop that he only gets promoted he writes more traffic tickets, that cop is going to write more traffic tickets and he's going to be less likely to say, hey, you were a little fast. You need to slow it down. Here's a warning. That's not going to happen anymore if his money depends on him writing that ticket. And that's what the, the inspector general did with, with the BATFE. And that's where we got fast and furious, uh, was mm -hmm. directly from the inspector general's report and and them saying no you have to have uh, objective criteria for promoting people and you have to have uh, uh, a, a train events that you can show for a gun before you prosecute the the gun traffickers and smugglers and so they did and they tried and they sent guns to mexico so that they would have this trail of uh, abuses that they could that they could point to it's it's see it's ridiculous and we're the targets and that's the thing that we have to remember is that we are in all of these gun control laws we are the targets it's not the criminals it's not the bad guys it's us it's the regular people and mm -hmm. that's where the problem is and it all comes down to knowing our history understanding where we've been what we've done what we've already tried and what we need to do now well, Jeff, one of the easiest things to convict somebody of is when a person walks in the store, fills out a 4473, and puts that they're not a felon, and then they do a background check and find they're a felon and they're prohibited, the ATF doesn't go after them, and they have a piece mm -hmm. of paper that is clearly evidence, mm -hmm. and they're not pursuing that, but they're pursuing stupid stuff out there, so I, I understand with you, but... I just, I just want to say, I think there's, there is more hope because some of the people that are buying guns, yes, they're just going to buy the guns. They're going to put them in their shelf and they're going to forget about it. But there are people that are asking, Hey, where do I get training? What can I do to help? Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that. And you know, it all families, you know, a guy owns a gun. He gets his wife involved in guns. Now the wife likes guns. The wife's a bigger driver than he is. And now they have even more guns we we have to still have some hope out there i remember when i was a kid and your dad was you know the president of the uh, the nra uh, and my dad was very active in trying to stop uh, gun control too if it wasn't for people like them we wouldn't be talking guns right now there wouldn't be any guns okay mm -hmm. so we at times that we thought things were hopeless there was times that both the democrat the democrats controlled both sides before and we pulled through this and what I'm trying to do is tell people there is still hope out there. We don't need to 
have 50,000 rounds of ammo loaded up and be ready for a fight. We need to still fight. The easiest way to fight is to get your friends involved in mm -hmm. voting and uh, talking to your uh, uh, politicians and being active in the second right community. That's easy. What's hard is trying to defend your life or your family's life with a bullet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and so we're it's not over. It's not over, and we're unfortunately likely to see a number of martyrs in all of this uh, before it is all. But um, yes, it's it's heartening that uh, more Democrats are discovering firearms and are are joining the ranks of firearms owners, um, and I I hope and pray that that these folks will push and and recognize and and uh, support gun rights, support mm -hmm. their rights. And um, and yes, it's going to be it's going to help. It, once upon a time, there were pro gun Democrats in Congress. Dennis mm -hmm. DeConcini was a pro gun Democrat for most of his career until he got wrapped up in the Keating five scandal. And suddenly he was toting water for um, for gun control bills. And I suspect that it was a quid pro quo that that, uh, OK, Dennis, if you want us to to let you go uh, on not sanctioned in the Senate, uh, you have to uh, cross the NRA. And so he did. And he carried water on the the assault weapons ban bill but um it used to be ideal my dream is that someday uh we can once again have have pro-gun democrats and pro-gun republicans fight for the title of the most pro-gun uh fighting for my support fighting for your support that they want your vote um, the thing that keeps that from happening is that too many of us are dead within our community. Our community is not it, is not focused. We haven't since about 1986 when when we finally passed the uh, McClure Volkmer uh, Firearms Protection Act um, and got the Hughes Amendment tacked onto it, and we divided over that, and we have never come back together again. There are some in our movement that look at it very pragmatically and they say, yes, this guy isn't ideal, but his opponent is a rabid anti-rights crazy person. So we're going to support this Republican who's not great in favor over this Democrat who's terrible. And we've got people on our our team that say no this republican's not great and we have to oppose him mm -hmm. well oppose him in the primaries not during the general election you have it's tic-tac-toe it's this is what i was saying this last year it's not chess it's not check it's tic-tac-toe block that space mm -hmm. even doesn't do you any good directly in getting your goals done block that space from the guy block that space from the person who can't win and um, you're absolutely right, Danny. It, it, it is one of my great frustrations in life that, that these guys commenting on my columns at Ammo Land or, or in Firearms News will say, um, you know, well, it's time for voting's over. No, it's not. Time for voting was last week, this week, next week. Time for voting never goes away. If, if we do eventually move to the cartridge box, that doesn't mean that the ballot box stops. Um, mm -hmm. Our founding fathers were sending emissaries to King George even as they lined up at Lexington and Concord. Mm -hmm. And after they lined up at Lexington and Concord, they were sending diplomats and, and representatives to speak with King George and to try and, and avoid what was coming. Mm -hmm. And we had leaders back then. Do we have leaders today? If if we started the blue, who's going to be who, who's going to be the leaders? Who's mm -hmm. who's going to be the president? Who's going to be, you know, we we don't have a George Washington. We don't even have a, a, a Jefferson Davis for crying out loud. We don't have 
you know, people can say, oh, oh, Donald Trump. No, that's not a chance. We don't have uh, a plan. We don't have leaders. We don't have a strategy for winning a fight. And I personally don't want to throw my kids and my grandkids into that sort of a world. Let's mm -hmm. fix it. And the way to fix it is to demand our rights, stand up for our rights, and vote and bring your buddies, bring your spouses, bring your kids, your family, teach the Constitution, learn the Constitution, and follow the Constitution. You mm -hmm. know, that's, I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. I think and preaching to the thing. choir is absolutely valid because preaching to the choir, if the choir doesn't know the words to the song, then you've got a problem. And so I encourage everyone, learn the words, learn the history, understand what we're up against and what we've done and what we need to do and move forward. Um, absolutely. Because what we're doing now is is running around in circles saying, no, no, no. Well, that that doesn't get it. A clenched fist in the air saying shall not be infringed doesn't get it. We have to take action and the act be political until they can't, they won't allow us to be political anymore. Yeah, it's, it's really the cultural battle is so important. And with this opportunity that we've been possibly afforded with 800, 8 million plus brand new gun owners, it's not a guarantee that they're all going to you know, get on board with their rights and understand the Constitution, as we've already discussed. Uh, but it's an opportunity. And so if we can build from that, that might give us uh, that leg up in the, the next few coming years. Um, mm -hmm. We need to start uh, wrapping up, but I wanted to cover <laughs> two very important um topics. We need a couple more hours, Cheryl. We need oh, a couple we so more do. hours to go. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Always. How many times after an event have we been the last two people or last three people sitting in the conference room and they're taking the tablecloths off and rolling up the tables <laughs> because we're just like exploring ideas together. And, and uh, just because we have a microphone in front of us doesn't make that any different. We've got lots and lots nope. that we always like to talk about. Um, but you and I uh, had the opportunity a couple of years ago to be uh, actually on the lawn of the Capitol building. And somehow we all managed to behave ourselves and didn't storm yeah. the place. So, you know, there's still hope for us. And at that time, the logo that I'm wearing uh, came into being. Uh, some awesome veteran folks sent this T-shirt to me and, you know, all kinds of different, you know, patch and uh, all kind of good stuff. Yeah. And, I designed uh, that logo, by the way. You designed, see, I never did learn that. And here <laughs> I am wearing it. I love it. It was kind of a committee thing, but it's my design. I so love it. And uh, so the gentleman's name is Gunny. He's out of Florida and he runs a group of veterans. They don't want any publicity. They don't have a website for me to promote so people can buy this cool t-shirt. Uh, but one of the pins they sent me is a Christian American Patriot, CAP. And I, I just, I love that they took this design that, that you and the, the folks that, that organized that first rally um, on the Capitol lawn in DC and decided you didn't want it to, you wanted it to be open source. You want it to be available mm -hmm. to anyone that wanted to use it, but use it well. And then here Gunny and his group have done that and then sent me this t-shirt because uh, the note they sent was that they had seen me at the Second Amendment rally and they wanted uh, me to have these small gifts of appreciation for what I and all the other patriots do. And it's just, it warms my heart because right now I think our hearts need warmed, <laughs> you know, to, <laughs> yeah. to feel good about the work that we're doing and the people that we associate with. Um, and so at this rally that we partook in, in DC, you kept using the phrase, and it wasn't just at this rally, you use this phrase a lot. And the phrase is, you're talking to individual people and you say, you know, so often... Uh, the the words gun lobby are vilified in the media and it's we're supposed to be looking at some big uh, shadowy organization maybe or something and you say to people you individually you are the gun lobby 
-hmm. for the 8 million plus brand new gun owners out there. What does that mean? Hmm. The gun lobby, and this is, this is really critical. Uh, people, like you say, they get visions of big cigars, dark suits, smoky rooms, and, and big piles of cash being passed and stuck to politicians' pockets. And that's not what the gun lobby ever has been. The, the gun lobby is us. It is our votes. It's our action. And up to each of us individually, um, there are, whether it's, it's my website, which is we're, we're working on um, building a, a better communication system to your legislators right now, but uh, Gun Owners of America, uh, the, the Arizona Citizens Defense League, uh, Virginia Citizens Defense League, um, your state grassroots organization, some of the national groups, there are mechanisms where you can just go and here's a letter to your Congress critter that you can edit, you can change, or you can just leave it the way it is and put your name on the bottom of it and send it to both of your senators and your representative and the White House, if that's it, and the governor and the state legislature, whatever it is, we can do that kind of thing and it's up to you each individual to do that it's up to you to call your congressperson to to be a resource for them to to call up people like nancy pelosi and say nancy oh my gosh i love everything that you do except why do you keep coming after the guns i need my gun to protect family leave it alone stop it go do something better we need that. We need that to happen to Chuck Schumer and Dianne Feinstein and Nancy Pelosi and, and all of this new crop of, of especially this new crop of democratic politicians that, that they hear that they have people that are voting for them, that are participating in the electoral process on their side that don't like that and don't want them doing that. Um, but beyond that, uh, you know, everybody else who maybe you don't uh, lean Democrat, you don't lean Republican, you're a centrist. That's fine. This issue, though, this issue, it's the Constitution. It's your right. Pursue it and and push it and call your congresspeople, write, you know, emails to them and let them know this matters. And please leave us alone. Stop trying to attack our gun rights. It's up to you. It's not money that makes a difference. It's votes. And you are the votes. You are the lobby. You are who moves it. So pick an organization or two. Pick a, a, an information system or two. Get your information. Get your understanding. And move forward uh, on letting your politicians know what they need to be doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the other important issue I wanted to talk about before I let you go is that there is another rally being planned here in, Coming up our, in February, our own state of Arizona at our Arizona State Capitol. Yes, February 20th. That's a Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And you and I are going to once again, two years in a row now, we're going to be co-MCs. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to have you kind of touch on, you know, why is it important to, to meet together uh, during these times, during any time, but maybe especially during these times? And, um, you know, what would you say to the, the people that are maybe clutching their pearls a little bit and saying, well, well, we can't meet together now because, you know, look, we've been labeled as, as having bad behavior and I don't want any part of that. I, I can't possibly be any part of that. What would you say to all of, all of that? Well, <clears throat> there's always risk. And, and I'm not going to say that there isn't risk. There's always risk that someone will decide to make trouble, that someone will do something stupid, that, that something bad might happen. Um, that somebody might catch a disease. I've heard there's one going around. Um, really? But, Hadn't heard. Yeah. <laughs> no, stop. The, um, but the, the reality is that we have a history 
of coming together, armed and unarmed, um, expressing our views, uh, calling on our politicians to take particular actions, and leaving that space cleaner than it was when we got there, okay. and in more orderly. And, um, you know, we have politicians that come down to our events and they're, they're thrilled to be there. They really want to get up there in front of our audience and, and our people and uh, let them know that they support them. Um, and it's a, a great time. And it's important for everybody to understand that they're not alone, that there are others who, who believe what they believe. And it's invigorating to be in the midst of a crowd like that, to, to um, really feel that energy and share that energy. It's, it's really powerful. It's important. And I hope that everybody in Arizona, and if you're in nearby states, come on down. We're, or not nearby states. I don't get on a plane. I'm, we would love to have you. Um, I try and say hello to everybody. Um, mm -hmm. at, at these events, as does Cheryl and Danny. Um, we, want, we want to know you. We want you to know us. And we could certainly use your help. And so we encourage you to, to come down to the Arizona State Capitol, uh, February 20... 20th. 20th. Okay. Yes. February 20th. Um, from, from what? 10, 9, 10 in 10 the morning? 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh, see, I don't have any of this written in front of me. Cheryl has <laughs> it. There, so it, it's, it's my not, job. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just go where Cheryl tells me and do what Cheryl tells me to do. Um, no, so, you do uh, an amazing job. And I am so excited that you're, you're going to be co-emceeing and helping me introduce some of the awesome speakers that we have. So uh, the lion's share of them are Arizonans who are mm -hmm. Arizona patriots who have been in this uh, conversation for a long time and uh, then a few dignitaries coming in uh, such as Alan Gottlieb of the Second Amendment Foundation. He'll be- Who has a home here in Arizona. Absolutely. So uh, mm -hmm. anyway, well, we are way over time. I've got to let you go. Uh, Jeff Knox, thank you so much. Please tell folks how they can not only get this amazing book full of our uh, Second Amendment history, um, with your dad's picture right here on the back, but also follow all the work that you do on a, a regular daily basis. Well, as I say, we're in the process of uh, revamping the website, but um, it doesn't look like it. Um, it just doesn't look as updated as it probably ought to be, but you can visit our website at www.firearmscoalition.org, firearmscoalition.org. You can find my writing, um, usually a weekly column at amoland.com. Uh, I'm also frequently in Firearms News and FirearmsNews.com. So, um, you know, come out and say hi and uh, look forward to seeing you. We only get to see each other during special events. I don't know why it is. Usually, though, out of state. So it's going to be nice to be able to see you in state. I have to come down and visit Danny at azfirearms.com. Um, that uh, I, I've been needing to do that. We need to talk. I've got some guns that I want to sell. Uh, right. So, so we You're have there. to do that. But you no, know, it's uh, only about a 15 minute drive, but we can meet yeah. each other in Connecticut. We can see each other, but you know, yeah, so. yeah. But it's, um, it's a strain. So guys, yeah. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. And I uh, look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. Absolutely. Keep up the good work, Jeff. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. God bye -bye. bless. All right, we are. We have to wrap it up. I know we are over time. Our next guest is actually texting me, going, yeah, um, trying to sign in. Now's the time to say goodbye. All right. Well, thank you all so much for all that you do. Thank you to our awesome guest, uh, Jeff Knox. Thank you to our listeners. Um, praying that this new year it brings us uh, many awesome blessings. Uh, we've had some rough blessings, difficult lessons in the the last year. So I'm hoping that. Uh, all good things ahead. Um, and honestly, we say this every show, but it's sincere and it's needed. Please pray for this nation. Pray for our elected officials. If you want to see them as leaders, then you can call them leaders. Um, but they need your prayers, whether you, whether you like them or not, 
Yeah, I'm I'm going to go there with that. Even, pray for him. Even the ones you don't like. And let's give an extra prayer for Trump. He's mm. really having a hard time right now. Especially, especially even if you don't like him, right? right. Because especially uh, pray for the ones you don't like. And if you do like them, uh, then you're probably praying for them already. And so that's why we give that challenge. Um, Be good to each other. Have an awesome week. And God bless. Bye-bye.